Attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. We've got Dr. Bernie back on the show. It's Bernie, it's Tim, it's myself, Steve, and we're talking about the it factor. IT, not information technology, but the it factor. Okay, the it factor. What is it? Do you have it? And here's where we're going with it. No matter what it is, no matter what it, in quotes, is, you can't give it if you don't have it. No matter what that is. You cannot transfer something to somebody that which you don't have or experience yourself. For example, love, gratitude, energy, confidence, etc. These are all basic principles we talk about often on Attack Life, Not Others. I could go on and on about every one of them. But again, if you don't have it, you can't give it. We try to accrue a lot of it's in our life. Because that makes our life and those around us better. One of those people that has it, has it together, right? Dr. Bernie, that's why you're on the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before he talks, because he likes to talk more than I do, um, I need to (laughs) at least, you know, it's funny how it is and how it comes to you. And it doesn't just uh, lay on you, man. I mean, you got to go after it. And uh, here's here's the quick story. When Bernie came into my life, you obviously didn't know him. And he, uh, I spotted him up in the second floor of, of our karate dojo. And I noticed that he was intensely looking at me as I was. Hold on, hold on. Let me interrupt you here. So when you say the second floor, let's paint the picture even clearer to those listening. You're in the middle of class teaching down on the mat. You weren't up on the second floor with him. You're down teaching students all around you. You're in the zone when, when you're in the zone and you're teaching class. I'm just going to say right. it. You don't mess with you. I mean, there's no, intensity, there's energy. Right. Now, continue, please. You're, you're correct. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I don't really look at the, I don't look around me much. I'm, I'm totally focused on what I need to do because it's required and it's what I give. So, but I did, I was distracted. I noticed this guy and um, he's sitting up at the second floor in, in, in our dojo at, at the West school. We have a balcony area and I noticed him and and he's looking down at me and he's watching me. And I had just finished class and I'm sitting down with a group of kids, about 15, 16 kids. And, and I was asking questions and, you know, I, I don't remember what the subject matter was, but it was directed towards a nine or 10 year old. I was asking questions about this, and about that. And there's one little boy, his name was Tyler. He put his head down and he didn't look at me. And so I picked somebody else, you know, and they'd raise their hand. And a lot of kids who are open to raising their hand may not even know the answer, but they get the teacher will pick. Okay, go ahead. And then I went to another one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, class ended. The kids walked out the door. And now all of a sudden, this man disappears. He's not upstairs anymore. And I don't know the connection at all. Well, next thing you know, he's at, he's at the door and the entrance to the dojo. I thought he was going to walk in. And he just pointed at me. Now, now the guy... You know, he's older than me. I have respect for that. But now he's pointing at me and he's doing this thing with his finger saying, come here. You know, come over here. I want to talk to you. So uh, most people I would have ignored. For whatever reason, I walked over and he said, could you do me a favor? He says, could you just step step out here a second? I'd like to talk to you. I said, sure. And uh, I've got another class coming in. So my other class is on my mind. And he says to me, um, listen. He says, that's my grandson down there, Tyler. And he said, did you notice when you were looking at all the other children, he didn't look at you, put his eyes down? And I said, yeah, I guess I did. 
And he was critical about the way I was teaching. He said, listen, I'm not, I don't want to get on your case. He said, but it's my grandson. And you know, when they do that, when they put their head down, he said, sometimes it's a lack of confidence. He said, would you do me a favor? He said, next time he's in your class and you have a mat chat, would you just ask him a question direct and see if you can pull some of that stuff out of him? And I was like, he's right. And not only was it one of my learning lessons, but I also knew there was something about him, which I will call the it, that I wanted. So anyway, he left with his grandson. I didn't know if I was going to ever see him again. So the next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, his daughter brings Tyler into class. And I went up to her and I said, listen to me, I'd really, really like to know if I could get to meet your father over lunch. And I said, would you please have him contact me? And she said, sure, I'm sure he would. So he did. For 15 years, every week, we would meet and have lunch. And every week, we would meet and I would learn. And he was my sage. And he told me, and we explored a lot of things about myself, my life, his life, just life in general. And I pursued it. Hopefully, some of it stuck with me. And now I carry that forward to my students and again to my family. So I think the point of your it is it needs to be pursued. And yes, Steve, you're right. It is confidence. It is compassion. It's all the things that make life better for everyone, not just for yourself. It's, it's all these things. But it, whether it's academic or whether it's philosophical or whether it's spiritual, has to be pursued. It just doesn't come and tap you on the back and say, here, embrace me. You know, it has to be pursued. You really never know the impression that you have on people and what their thinking is. So the fact that you just said that just, you know, kind of like brings a tear to my eye, knowing that at least I did something right. <laughs> Not all the time, well, but this time I did something right. Well, you got to look at your family, too. You got you know, your, your kids are grown all successful. You have how many grandchildren now all successful your life. You're still with the woman you started to love and, and learn about. I think at what did you tell me, 15, 16 years ago, you're 82 years old now. You, it's the things that you embrace around you that complete your, your life in a way of beauty and happiness and a sense of stillness at a time too. And I guess that's why Steve and I have you on the show every four or five weeks is to bring that experience as close as I can to others who are listening to this podcast doesn't get me better. But I got to tell you, Tim, that always wasn't the case. As I told oh, you I guys a long time ago, you know, I was not a happy camper when I was young. Uh, I didn't like myself. And there were lots of reasons for that. It was only over time that I garnered this wisdom and then applied it not only to myself and to my children and my grandchildren, but to others who came into my orbit and wanted to listen. Uh, most of the problem is that people don't listen. So, you know, it's like you talk to deaf ears because nobody's listening to what you have to say. And when you find people who do listen, then you are able to communicate that which you intuitively know is to be a good soul to help others along the journey and pass on your wisdom. That, that to me is, is, is it. Now, the question that you asked is why? why most people don't have what you refer to as it. And that is the question. 
why. And there are lots of reasons. And if you want, I can expand on them. Please do. Absolutely. Okay. So when you think about it, the reason that most people can't find it is because most people are asleep at the wheel. God gave us awareness, the ability to see, the ability to, to understand. But if we're asleep at the wheel and we don't ignite our awareness, we really don't know anything. And so what happens is we deal in ignorance, ignorance being not knowing things. And when you don't know things, you're gullible. So anybody who's smarter than you can tell you anything and you believe it. And when you're gullible, you become stubborn. And when you're stubborn, you refuse to look to the right or the left. And then, of course, when you're stubborn and you're ignorant and you're gullible, you generally live in a silly, stupid space. And there is no cure for stupid. Stupid is just plain stupid. And unfortunately, the world doesn't have mentors that can sit down and explain exactly what's going on, how very smart people who are much smarter than you can control you. They control you because they understand what drives most people. And unfortunately, most people are driven by what I refer to as the dark side. There is a a fight that goes on every day within each of us, the light, as I call it, and the dark. And you have the choice whether or not you're going to go into the light or you're going to go into the dark. When you were created, you were given free will to make those choices. The responsibility of those choices are yours. The consequence is yours. The reward is yours. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It only has to do with you. And so if you choose the dark, then that's where you are. If you choose the light, then you're on a different path. And what you find is this continual battle of who you are. Who are you? Are you what these very smart people want you to be? Or are you going to move forward on your own and take responsibility for everything that you do? That question, I can't answer. Only each of you guys out there can answer it. Now, I know I'm talking to um, two good people. And I just want to refer to, and I would never want to refer to it specifically, but just as a story, as, as as a story that was a parable that was given by Christ um, and something I think about a lot, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're Jewish or not. The, the seed of knowledge it was one of the stories. And again, many who are listening to the show uh, may have a Christian belief and they know exactly um, what verse it is and how it was said specifically. I'm not going to try to do that because I can't, but I, I will just refer to it this way. The seed of knowledge is dropped everywhere. And as that seed analogy is dropped, sometimes it's dropped on a rocky surface where it will not grow. Sometimes it's put into a, a really good soil, but the weeds will suffocate it. Other times it's dropped in soil that is open space where the birds will eat it. And then sometimes it's dropped in really good fertile space and it grows. And so I think since the beginning of time that this particular knowledge is hard to get, needs to be sought out. And along with that comes suffering and sacrifices, comes selflessness rather than selfishness. 
And I think when we're all about just ourselves, we have nothing to give and nothing to get. And I think about that story, that parable that Christ said many times, and I think it needs to be said based on what you're saying, Bernie. Here's the takeaway that I'm hearing from the two of you. If you try to work on the it factor for the sake of being cool and having it, having quote unquote it, you're going to achieve the exact opposite of what you're looking for. You're going to be full of lust. You're going to be full of greed and envy and jealousy. You're going to have that and you're going to avoid having it. You might think you have it temporarily, might make you feel good, but it's not long term. If you work on all the good things, the principles that stand the test of time, what we've talked about, love, compassion, gratitude, confidence, discipline. And again, the Steve, biggest Steve, is love. What you're saying, Steve, is, is absolutely on the money. And so is what Tim is saying. But here's what the issue is with most people. You can't find it if you don't know it exists. You can't do what you're talking about if you're ignorant and don't know these things. If you don't have someone pointing it out, how would you ever know? You wouldn't because your awareness is shut down. You're asleep at the wheel. So it's like talking to the wall. You get no response. It depends. It depends. I'll tell you why. Because it depends on how loud the wake-up call is. You know, um, wake-up calls have happened to people over time and it set them straight. Cancer, drugs, alcoholism. Um, bad relationships to the point where you hit the bottom of the barrel to the point where there's so much pain, it jettisons you upward. And if you're smart enough that you can look for the light, you can find it. And I think if you birds of a feather, we talked about this before, birds of a feather flock together. If you surround yourself, if you continue to go back to the hole you're in and don't improve, you're going to go back there time and time again. But I think if once you get that, just that drop, just maybe that little seed that maybe hits you on top of the head. To fertilize it, you have to, birds of a feather flock together. You have to create relationships that feel the same way. They're going to have lifelines for you and continue to pull you up and wake you up and continue to wake you up until you are awake. That, that's exactly right. And what you and Steve are doing by doing these podcasts and people listening to them, you are creating an atmosphere where people can now learn about it. And then they can then make a choice. They're responsible for that choice that they will make. And that's why what you guys are doing is fantastic because you are creating the space for people to listen to find it. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation, creation. Steve Mittman social media.com.